Welcome to Delivered Life Ministries, The Call. This podcast is designed specifically so you will learn how to use God's biblical strategies in spiritual warfare and to pray effectively using spiritual weapons he's given you to pull down strongholds in your life and take victory over Satan's devices. We invite you to be saved, be immersed in scripture, be encouraged, be uplifted, be empowered, be combat ready for spiritual warfare so that you will be free. You will now be connected to the podcast already in progress. Okay, um, everybody can still hear me, I guess, and you don't need to answer because I know that you're muted. Um, but I wanted to, you know, again, thank it, thank them for allowing us to have this evening and, um, the Lord has been dealing with um, me personally with this, um, with this message, and that I had to give tonight, and um, and I wanted you all, and it's, it's just different things, I guess, um, that are. Hold on, just a minute. Another logistical thing, but just wanted to basically. Um, I mean, it's just kind of had a. I've had large butterflies in my stomach and in regards to this because of just of the content and what the Lord had and what the Holy Spirit had put on on my heart um, to say and and I didn't want to say it and I wanted to you know kind of ask God back and forth you know why why do I have to bring such a message that in such a manner um, and he clearly said, you know, because of, because of the ministry that we're in and deliverance and, um, you know, we, we have to address some hard things, um, at times. And so, um, we kind of sat back, but before we get into that, I guess we're going to, Lord's giving me the hands. So let's open up and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and thank honor you, and glory. We thank you, Lord God, for your power and your yes. presence um, being here and, and on this call and, and, and on this and in this meeting. And so we invite you, um, Yahweh, we invite you, Yeshua, we invite you, Holy Spirit, and we, we invite you into this meeting tonight. And we ask that you take control in Jesus name. And that you do what you need to do tonight in terms of saying what what needs to be said for uh, the for whatever it needs. I mean, you're, you, when you speak, Father God, that you speak one message and it speaks differently to everyone. Um, it reaches everyone differently. And so we pray, Lord God, that when the message comes out, that it will bring what it needs to bring to each and every one of us in our lives tonight so that we can be in right alignment with you, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we just praise you. We honor you, God, for tonight. We come against any attack of the enemy that would want to steal and destroy this message or the word from your people hearing it, God, in Jesus' name. And we thank you. We praise you. And we honor you tonight. Amen. Amen. And so there are... <clears throat> Are many things that, you know, as as we already know, obviously, you know, the state that we're in, and um, and the things that the position that we that that God has us in this season right now, um, 
And we know all of the, the details so much. We've heard it so much that it's our eyes and our ears are pretty much bleeding with information um, from the news media, government and so on and so forth, um, which is why, you know, I kept seeking God for, you know, an answer of what's happening um, in the spiritual realm and in regards to this. Um, but I um, wanted to wanted to um, to share that um, that hold on just one second that the um, we're not you know I, I sought God and, and was asking him intently as to you know what is happening here in this in this season I'm not hearing much coming out of the the body or the or the ministry and but only but a few things not much in terms of what's going on and in all fairness really you know um you know everyone trying to figure out you know what what this is and um how this is being transmitted and what to do and let alone you know have a message or anything else like that that's you know um that can that can make a change or or anyone's life because we're so busy trying to figure out what we need to do for ourselves and that's that's natural um that's natural that's one thing that we wanted to you know that it always happens we want to be able to kind of figure out what's going on before we can you know speak to anybody else and it's always smarter that if you don't have something to say that is intelligent then you, it's better that you just don't say anything at all i mean you know what i mean so it's it's so it's it's understandable, um, and you know much of what we had been hearing and much much of what I've been hearing mostly was that that you know that we're not to be fearful or afraid in the season that we're in, um, and although that's that's very very true, and you know, we're not to act out and respond in any kind of way and be afraid, um, we're also not to go about any of this casually either. Um, we're not to walk around about with our guard down. And um, we're always supposed to be on alert. And this is where Scripture says we always got to be on our guard and we have to be alert and be attentive to what things is going on um, so that we can be adaptable and be ready to respond um, when needed, when and where God needs us. And so um, so obviously we just because we know as believers, we know we just can't go back to the things we were the way things we were were when this thing is all when this thing is all over with. And so as Elder Green, as Pastor Green stated so, 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 um, so eloquently last week is that, you know, we've got to get back to the basics. And so it was great that he had actually said that um, because part of what the, what God was saying to me um, is similar is, is right in line with that. So it, it's it was great that he he really said what he had to say last week because this is carrying a little bit forward um, into what God is saying to to us this evening, um, and it's so obvious. Right and now it's so obvious to, right now for us really to to 
to pay attention to the obvious things that are in front of us, right? I mean, that's easy. That's easy to see. The things is right there in front of us, and it's it's easy to to identify that. But it doesn't always it doesn't always spell out the what's truly happening. And so, and then with with our life, we always have to look to what is happening in the spiritual realm. And right now, there there is a shifting that's going on in the spiritual realm. And God has been trying to get the believer's attention for quite some time. And so with that being, you know, with that being said, we just like everybody else are so preoccupied with the daily challenges of life in and out and things we've got to do, things we want to accomplish and being tied up with the, with the spice also with the spices of life and the pride of life. And our, we are, we're human. We are going to be self-reliant, preservation, self, you know, centeredness. And when we have all those things going on, um, we don't necessarily hear God clearly. And if we do hear God, we may not pay attention or we may not, or we refuse to pay attention being, we're being honest, um, of what he's trying to say. And, and there have been many, and, and in this time, we, you know, we've we've heard many theories and stuff about what's going on, and this thing and that, this thing and the other, how this virus had started, and what have you, and what have you. And regardless of what your belief is and what um, you your reasoning might be, the fact of the matter is, the virus is here on Earth because God allowed it to be here. He allowed it to be here. God is all powerful enough. He's great enough. He's strong enough that he could have stopped it even before it began. But he allowed it to stay here for a season. And you might want to say, well, why is it that a loving and kind of passionate God and a merciful God would allow an infection or a disease to kill so many undeserving people? And what many what many people tend to forget, including us, is that. Um, at this at this same loving God, merciful God has a wrath and he's not afraid to express it. Um, now, our society doesn't want to recognize that God has a wrath and our church leaders. If you really think about it. Have all but stopped preaching about his wrath. Most of the messages that we hear going across the pulpit today are all nice and they're comfortable and they're 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 saying how great our God is and how how merciful he is and how gracious he is and how loving he is and how forgiving he is. And all of that is is true. And and what he'll do for us and and and, and but what's missing many times is what we're supposed to do for him. And so. Today, even you know, with with in this world today, that the the concept of God's wrath upsets, you know, our modern thinking, upsets our modern attitudes, and it upsets, you know, our viewpoints, because we don't want to think of, you know, God as having that kind of characteristic, but He does, and and we don't want to we don't want to accept that God's we we want to say that hey, you know what God's wrath is is. It's too intolerant. Um, it's 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 too narrow minded for him to be, you know, to having to express it, his wrath like that. Or it's too disconcerting. 
or, or, or unsettling to, to, to even mention that God has a wrath. And we live in the type of, we're living in a type of world today that, that, you know, where God's character itself is on trial and we end up being the judge. So I wanted to share with you, cause you all the, who, who have been on the calls with me, you know, in the morning, you always know, you always know that you're very, very familiar. I like to go through definitions of things that kind of help us understand, you know, the con the context of what we're talking about. And, um, the definition of wrath in the Webster's dictionary, it's a noun and it's a, and it means extreme anger. It's an old English term. You don't necessarily hear that anymore. We don't hear wrath being used in our, in our normal language, but wrath means extreme anger. And the, the Greek term is or gay or gay. And it's spelled O R G a with a hyphen or long symbol over the A to express it, I guess. And that means anger, indignation, and vengeance. The Hebrew term to that is haron, haron. And that's spelled K-A-R-O-N, haron. Um, and in Hebrew, it means that it's a burning anger, a sore displeasure, fierce. And when you ever see this term used, it's always referencing or describing um, God's anger. And so God being who he is, being, being merciful and patient and loving and kind. Second um, Peter three and nine tells us this. The Lord is not slow. Excuse me, my thing flipped. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so God, being who he is in his character, he's very, very patient. He waits. He does what he can because, you know, his, his wrath is fierce. And when we look at a fierceness of something that to me says that there's no, there's no, Hey, I'm going to turn it down to 10% or I'm going to give you 20% of my anger. I'm going to give you 30% of my anger. Um, there's no filter. It actually goes it actually comes. And so he's patient enough with us to not want to express that or or put it on us. He gives us the time that we need and he's patient with us so that we can come around to our senses, so to speak, and say, God, hey, wait a minute. You know, I'm sorry. Um, please forgive me. This is where I failed. And he's gracious. He's merciful enough. To forgive us. And so Lori had Lori share with us has about has five truths to share about God's wrath. So as um, Elder Al said, we live in a day where we have set ourselves as the judge and God's character is on trial. 
So here are five truths about God's wrath. You have pencils and paper where you can jot these down. If not, um, just yeah, shoot me you, a text. You all know how so we that do. I can um, um, send those to you. So um, the first truth about God's wrath, God's wrath is just. And the apostle Paul says in Romans two and five, but because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. When his righteous judgment will be revealed. Number two, God's wrath is to be feared. And one scripture reference um, is in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, where it talks about how powerful God is to do what he promises. The verse uh, reads, ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. The third truth. God's wrath is consistent with both the old and the new Testament. So if we look at Nahum chapter one, verse two, it reads, the Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and vents his wrath against his enemies. And in the new Testament on Romans one verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Hmm. The fourth truth about God's wrath is God's wrath is his love in action against sin. I'm going to read that again. Yeah, say that again. God's wrath is his love in action against sin. And so some may say that this statement is, it doesn't, it's not reasonable or that it doesn't appear to be logical but it actually means that God must act justly and judge sin. Otherwise God would not be God. And so if we look at first John four and eight, it says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And the fifth truth about God's wrath is God's wrath is satisfied in Christ. And if we look at Romans chapter three, verse 26, Paul here, he's speaking and he says he did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time. So as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Hmm. And so the, why the reason is one of the things she had one Lori shared that <clears throat> that because of the stream, the extreme sinfulness and the wickedness of mankind <clears throat> around the world, particularly, particularly um, in the body of Christ. And this is what makes this a little hard for me um, 
and as I'm saying, and as I'm saying, saying as I we go on to speak, and make sure that I don't want you to hear something that you know I'm not saying. But I want wherever it fits, and what goes on today, if it fits you, then God's saying change. If it doesn't fit. God saying, do a reevaluation of where you are. And if you're outside of the safety and realm of God, if you don't have a relationship with God, he's saying that at this point in time, you have no hope and no protection without Christ. And so, If you read your Bible, um, this is nothing new for God, right? We find that God has done something like this throughout the history of time. You know, we've seen it happen with the floods, with Noah's days. We've seen it happen in Sodom and Gomorrah. We've seen it happen even with the with Pharaoh and the plagues in Egypt. And so we've seen some things, resemblance of these things happen before. And when most of the time when we have seen instances where you see great things happening in the earth that he's trying to get, God is trying to get his people's attention. He's trying to get his people's, his people's attention. Um, and this is, takes me back to the, to the word that was in that, that God had shared with me about two years ago. And, um, it kind of shook me a little bit, um, initially. And he says, um, well, this is, and this is what I had heard in my spirit that I kept hearing that my church is not ready. My bride is not ready. Um, and it's the body of Christ and the, the leadership are getting away from the message of Christ, which is repentance and the kingdom of God. Repentance of the sinful lifestyles and turning to him. The body of Christ is tolerating the world views and lifestyles and its ways inside of its sanctuaries. Her voice has gone silent against it. She stopped speaking out against the sinfulness and the wickedness and receiving and is receiving the spices of life into her heart, which is the success and wealth and prosperity of the world instead of the kingdom of God. She stopped doing the works of Christ to free my people from spiritual bondage, from the spiritual bondage of sin. And she stands powerless because of the compromise, powerless against the attacks of the enemy. And the spirit of God is being replaced with a, with a form of godliness, which is religious spirits, seducing spirits, and the spirits of whoredoms. And that was it. It didn't come once. It came again. It came again a year later 
at about three o'clock in the morning where I was woken up and heard the same semblance of the same thing. Um, and so because this boils in my stomach and it's, and it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, he's addressing today the church again. Um, the three spirits that I had just mentioned, religious spirits, seducing spirits, and the spirit of whoredoms are the three most dangerous spirits that operate in our churches. Briefly, the religious spirit, what is it? And what is it? And what is it? So in second Timothy, um, verse three, the Apostle Paul describes the nature of people in the last days. And is it in his description? He warns of the people who are characterized are having of having this form of, of godliness, but denying its power. Um, and then Paul issues the command to say to have nothing to do with such people. Religious spirits, those who have a religious spirits are those who have a form of godliness and those who make an outward display of religion and they present themselves as godly and but it's all for show. It's not real, genuine. And there's no power behind their There's no power existing behind their religion. And um, there's no evidence in the fact that their lives are unchanged and they speak of God but they live in sin and they're fine with that. That's the, that's the dangerous part of it. They're fine with that arrangement. Um, and the power of God, which should accompany the form of godliness is shown through. Um, well, it's shown through the Holy spirit and it results in a transformation. So if we have the, if we have godliness, true godliness, then there should be the Holy Spirit operating and then there should be power that transforms our lives. And the Holy Spirit lives in us, as 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says, and it enables him or her to bear certain fruits, which is love, joy, patience, godliness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um... The natural person does not accept um, the things of the spirit of God because um, for him, that natural person, that one outside the body of Christ, it's foolishness to him. It's folly to him. He doesn't understand and he's not able to spiritually discern um, those things that happen of the spirit of God. And so the natural person may have a form of godliness, but... He denies God's power in the way that he and, you know, in his everyday life, in the way he lives. And so the only so only faith in Jesus Christ can bring justification and transformation. So, you know, that he desperately needs. And and so <clears throat> these three, you know, I we won't have time to go into depth on them on this call tonight. But we but I'm just going to briefly just skim over some of the things, some of the characteristics and what they do. Going on to the next seducing spirits. In many places, scripture warns us that warns us against false doctrine. And so the spirit in first Timothy four and one says this. The spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. 
Now, how are these doctors of demons promoted? They're delivered through human instructors. Those people that are in are teachers and preachers and preachers and preachers and people in the pulpit. Um, ministers, these teachings come through those that are hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron, as it says in first Timothy four, verse two, these false teachers are hypocritical. That means that their lives don't reflect what they're speaking. Um, and then there's no evidence. There's no evidence of the holiness that they, that they seem to adopt. They're liars. And that is the deal. And then they, they deal with, they deal with the falsehood really. And, and they knowingly lead people um, the wrong way. They normally, they willingly, and they knowingly lead them away from the body of Christ. These false teachers are, you know, they, they act personable. They may seem personable. They may seem charming. They may seem persuasive. They may seem very, um, what's the word that inspirational, right? But they don't receive their, you know, they don't, they don't receive their message. They receive that message, um, really from evil spirits. And it's, and it's, and it works to really lead people astray. So the last one of these spirits, which is one of the chief ones is the spirit of hormone, of whoredoms, whoredoms. Um, just real briefly, the, the, the whoredoms comes from that word whoremonger. And in the Bible, it's, Definition is, is one who, who mongers with whores. And so with that translation today, it's basically that that person is a fornicator and that person is an adulterer, adulterer, an adulterer. So why do I, why does that come up to come into play? Well, the spirit is this spirit of whoredoms is very, very powerful um, spirit. And it's the chief enemy and a strong man in the church. And it holds rule over groups of believers he binds them so that they're unable to move ahead in real spiritual power and the workings of the spirit um, of this spirit. It commits spiritual adultery and fornication on a continual wholesale basis. In other words, you know, they keep going. And as we'll see in, 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 in this chapter coming up, it says it says here, in other words, to play the harlot and to go a whoring. This spirit blocks individuals from doing the works of Jesus. It also causes those who started out in the ministry to quit. It stands at the gate of deliverance and it prevents people from coming into the churches and it prevents the churches from going into their lives. And so this spirit seeks to infiltrate and undermine the genuine works of deliverance to lead people astray through delusion and false doctrine. And so the key to this is identifying that this spirit is operating. Um, and if you do this, then you are part, you're part way there of breaking um, the bondage over churches. Now, Hosea four and one verse one addresses this. Hosea four, one. Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. 
There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. So this prophetic, <laughs> excuse me, I was in the middle of drinking. Um, so this is the Lord's indictment of his people. And this prophetic central indictment begins with a call for his people to hear him. Um, and this is a summary of the Lord's charges called to the true children of God to recognize that there's some moral things going on. There's some spiritual corruption going on within their countrymen. Or other words today within their church. And they have their people that have abandoned their God and forfeited their right to be called his people. And these adulterous inhabitants have abandoned truth or integrity, the quality of being reliable and genuine, merciful or faithful and love to their friends and associates. The knowledge of God is not there and they cease to care about knowing him or the truth about him. Do we need proof? Romans 1, 18 to 32 talks about that. You can read this on your own time. It's right there. Again, it's Romans chapter one, verses 18 through 32. So as a result, they were violating the commandments of God. Hosea verse four through six. But let no one bring a charge. Let no one accuse another for your people are like those who bring charges against a priest. You stumble day and night and the prophets stumble with you. So I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of your God. I also will ignore your children. And so the common people are already identified. Common people, meaning people in the world, they're already identified as guilty. So he's God knows where they are. Right. But especially the guilty in this mess were the priests who were responsible for teaching the people, the leaders of God's people who avoid or neglect or violate the resp that responsibility, um, they, he invites special punishment on them. Malachi 2 verse 1, God decreed that if the priest's attitude and behavior didn't change, that he would treat them with contempt and would remove them from service. God had entrusted the priest with the spiritual well-being of Israel. And so if you know about the priests, just briefly, there was a covenant that God made with with Levi and Levi was Phineas is uh, 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 God was promised um, promised Phineas, which is which was Aaron's grandson um, and his has in his, his his descendants, an everlasting priesthood. Um, and what happened down the line that they broke it somehow they broke that covenant, but God kept it in place um, because he un he understood he knew that keeping it remained in effect and then and, and that the relevance of having the role of biblical teachers amongst God people was very, very important. Um, Matthew 18 and six, Jesus shifts this same topic from the children, from little children to his disciples. He says a millstone will be tied around your neck and that you would be drowned. Now a millstone 
for those who don't know what a millstone is, it's a large rock. And it's a huge rock, not a not a hand rock you can have with your stone. It's a big circle stone that like only a donkey can pull it. And so drowning for the first century Druze was kind of like a terrifying thing to happen because they weren't a seafaring nation. So they, they didn't see water that, that much. So um, to drown, it was very fearful for, for them. Um, and James three and one, three, verse one, chapter three, verse one says masters are teachers. And the untrained teachers can allow um, false teachings to arise within the congregations, leading some astray. And their role as leaders and teachers are under stricter judgment and shouldn't be appointed carelessly. Can you read James 3, verse 1, briefly? James 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And so now... um, we go to Hosea four and 12. This is the problem within the body of Christ, the congregation, the body of Christ's unfaithfulness. Hosea four verse 12. My people consult a wooden idol and the div- diviners rod speaks to them. A spirit of prostitution leads them astray and they are unfaithful to their God. And so stocks, S-T-O-C-K-S. Now, we're not talking about the paper stocks on Wall Street, but these were wooden idols. And that staff was a divining rod, which means they practiced divination and they were seeking knowledge from these idols and from these different items to get knowledge for the future or, 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 or the unknown by other supernatural means other than going to God. That's a whoredom type spirit. That is a adulterous type spirit. Um, we all know the examples of divination for those who don't know what it means, what it is. That's fortune tarot, telling tarot cards, numerology, scrying, astrology, those types of things. Um, but the rebuke of Israel and Judah is in Hosea 5, verse 3 and 6. Hosea 5, starting at verse 3. I know all about Ephraim. Israel is not hidden from me. Ephraim, you have now turned to prostitution. Israel is corrupt. Their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. A spirit of prostitution is in their heart. They do not acknowledge the Lord. Verse five, Israel's arrogance testifies against them. The Israelites, even Ephraim stumble in their sin. Judah also stumbles with them. And see, God knew about Ephraim. You know, God knows about the world, as I said earlier, and he didn't because they didn't know God. Um, Today, you know, he knows that the world doesn't know him and he knows that the world, the world won't serve him. But the bride, his church is playing the harlot and see Israel's many doings had so enslaved them into sin that they could not even repent from what they were doing. 
Now, a long, a long time, God's hand has been a grace has been protecting us. And now it's moved a little bit and has allowed this virus to run throughout the land to get our attention. And that attention is for us to um, return to him, return to him. Now, we know everything has been shut down. You know, everything's been shut down. I mean, professional sports is shut down. I mean, I mean, I should be watching the NBA playoffs right now and the NS and the NHL playoffs right now. And I can't. There's they're shut down. And I missed, you know, the, the, the Masters didn't even play. And I and Tiger Woods couldn't even defend his Masters title. And see, what happens usually this time of year when the Masters is on, I usually take two or three days off from work to watch this golf tournament plus the weekend. So for four days, Thursday through Sunday, the big screen is on downstairs in the theater room. When it's on, don't come bother me. <laughs> especially when Tiger, especially when Tiger Woods is on. So, you know, we all got some issues, you know, including me. Yes, you do. But, you know, God effectively has shut down every idol. You can't shop. You can't do nothing. No nails. No, no nails. Hair. No hair. I mean, I, I, I had intended to do a video call today just to just to show you know the capabilities of just doing a video call. And Lori says she has she has some hair issues. So I mean, I mean, just think about it. I mean, we've got more time on our hands now than what we can do with. And there's only so much TV that you know you can watch. Come on. Um, so we have no excuse to say, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to repent. I don't have time to worship or read God's word. Um, I mean, so, so God is sending us a message, a wake up call, so to speak. It's time to get back to what we value as believers. You know, as, as Elder Green so eloquently stated, getting back to the basics last week, too many believers value only what God can do for for them at the moment just to get them out of some temporary situation or circumstance. They have no concept of eternity, no appreciation for the, for eternal life, no appreciation for the blood of Christ. I mean, our values have to get back to the fact that we are saved and we've got to get back. We've got to get our hearts back to the gospel of the kingdom of God, rather than just embracing Christianity and embracing our faith just because we want success, companionship, uh, or wealth, a job, or whatever, whatever we believe in God for at the time. You know, God will do those things for us, but he wants us to seek his kingdom and righteousness first. The main purpose for Jesus coming was not because, not for us to get a car or a bigger house or a multi-billion dollar business. You know, all that, although, you know, Christ is sufficient enough to do it, he can do it, he can provide it, but that's not what's important to him. Jesus came so that your soul wouldn't be lost. What is important is our soul and where we spend eternity. So to the body of Christ, the message. God is saying, repent and return to the Lord. Hosea six and one. You have it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just so, I'm just so engaged. I mean, <laughs> yes, we studied, but I was just so engaged when you were speaking that I just, 
was in the days. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Um, where are we, Hosea? Six and one. Okay. My computer is, is um, even acting up. Okay, here we go. Hosea six and one. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. And so this prayer, he has oh, smitten oh. and he will bind us up. <laughs> I'm sure I know you're anxious out. <laughs> so, so this is a prayer that trusts the love of God and sees his loving hand and correction. I'll say that again. This is a prayer that trusts the love of God and sees his hand and even in correction. Often a rebellious child will complain, really, that their parents don't love them. But of course, the parents do love the child, but their rebellion and lack of submission, they can't conceive or respond to that love. And see, Hosea prays a different, prays with a different heart, you know, then he then he prays in full confidence that God's full love and power will restore him. Second Chronicles 7, 14 through 15 God promised something to Israel and when they did humble themselves and they did pray and seek God's face, there was something naturally humble and, tr and, and true in the prayer because it recognizes that the answers are not in themselves. It's not in the investments that we make. It's not in our 401k plans. It's not in our success. It's not in our jobs or in our careers. It's not in our doctors. Um, anything that we put, you know, your faith in, you know, that becomes our God. So to the world, to the unbelievers, as I said earlier, there is no hope. Or protection for you and no entrance into the kingdom of God without Christ. James 4 and 4, four chapter, uh, chapter 4 verse 4 says I guess I could have flipped some of these pages. Yeah, I had a dog no, here but no, <laughs> alright. So James 4 and 4 ye adulterers and adulteresses Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Mm -hmm. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world mm -hmm. is the enemy of God. Wow, that's deep. And so James recognizes that we can't both be friends with this world system um, because it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's in rebellion against God and friends of God at the same time. So even the desire to be a friend you know, of the world makes that one of the enemy of God. Galatians five nineteen through 21. No time. But just to summarize those, it specifies some things that we do. And you can read this on your own. Um, that, that, that you, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And to walk in these in these works of the flesh is to be in plain rebellion against God. And so uh, how can we fix this? 
So how can we fix this? So for the believer, we can say, forgive me, God. Thank you for sending your son to die for me, to save me from eternal death. And I choose this day to enter into or even to renew my covenant with you and to place Jesus at the center of the of my of, of my heart. And I surrender to him as Lord over my life. For the unbeliever. Well, James four, I'll just reference James four, seven through nine. James issued 10 commands that he needed to do to resolve our issue in the body of Christ. One, he said, submit to God. Two, he said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Three, he said, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Four, he said, cleanse your hands, sinners. Five, he said, purify your hearts. You double minded. He's talking about false teachers and the congregation. Six, he said, be afflicted, mourn and weep. Seven, he said, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy turned to heaviness. Eight, he said, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Ten, there is one lawgiver to save and destroy. So there are never grounds for critical speech. And then judging one another. Nine. Hmm? Nine. 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 Speak. Oh, number nine. <laughs> it says to speak not evil of one another. Mm-hmm. So for the unbeliever um, who wants salvation, this is for you. Because I know that we have some people on the line. Um, God has given you a free gift, which is the son, Jesus Christ, who has already paid for your sin debt which is the blood on the cross. And God has raised him from the dead with all power in his hands. And if you confess it verbally with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has what God has done and accept Jesus as your Lord and savior, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. You will be saved. Romans 10, nine through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that justified or that believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. If you're ready to receive this gift, you want to pray this prayer. And this is the prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So in closing, we're going to pray and then we'll turn it back over to Pastor Tate. Father, in the name of Jesus, your son, Yeshua, we give you all of our worship, honor, 
praise. Yes, God. For you are the highest God. Yes, God. You created all things in heaven and earth. Thank you, God. And we ask that your kingdom come to yes. come to us on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you. And that God. your will be done yes, Lord. in the earth. We humble ourselves, God, before you and we and we repent of our sins. Yes, God. We ask God that you forgive us and that you will cleanse us. In Jesus' name, and we decree and declare, and we have the keys of the kingdom, and whatever that we bind on earth, yes, God, is bound in heaven, and whatever we loosed on earth, yes, Jesus. is loosed in heaven, and Thank we take you, authority God. over the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness yes, of this God. world and the spiritual wickedness in high places, and yes, we declare God. war against Satan against, and we take authority over the religious. Spirits, the seducing spirits yes, and the spirit of whoredoms, and we Jesus bind them name. in the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 we God. forbid them to operate Jesus in our sanctuaries name. and in our lives. Yes, we, God. by your power, Holy Spirit, render them powerless over us and, and, and over God's people and around the world, Father. Yes, and we command them to leave our congregations, our pulpits, yes, God. Our, from our, our apostles, our prophets, our pastors, yes, our teachers, our preachers, and our evangelists in Jesus' Jesus name. name. Our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God yes, to the God. pulling down of strongholds. Yeah, 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 so God. we pull down every in thought Jesus and imagination name. that suggests itself against the knowledge of God. God. And that it causes us to stumble Jesus. and fall away from the faith. And it causes us into, and then it would call us into the obedience yeah, of God. Yeah, God. And, and Father, we declare and decree that no weapon that is formed against us will prosper yes, and in every tongue that rises against your people in judgment you shall condemn yeah, father yeah, yeah, and this is the heritage of your people father God says says the Lord father God Lord remove every false ministry yeah, every religious spirit yes, every false from, from, from the high places in Jesus name and we bind the princes of power of the air and we remove all false yes, burdens God. placed on us in by people Jesus by name. leaders or churches yeah, 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 in, in the name of Jesus we renounce all idolatry in the idolatry in the bloodlines, Father God, of your people, and we break all curses of idolatry, name. covetousness in the, in the name of Jesus. Let all false gods and idols, Jesus including name. humans' idols, Jesus be removed name. from our yes, lives God. in the name of Jesus. And we declare and, de and we decree that we will put no other gods before Jesus you, Lord, name. and let any idol in our in our nation. Be destroyed and yes, burned God. with your fire. Yes, Let the God. idols be confused and being confounded and the images Jesus be broken name. in pieces, God, in Jesus' name. Yeah, now, Lord, we command every germ or sickness. Yes, God. That touches our bodies to die name. in the name of Jesus. We loose yeah, ourselves yeah, yeah, from God. every infirmity yes, by the God. power of the Holy Spirit. Let your people be healed Jesus from the name. plagues and from evil spirits. Yes, and we God. declare that Jesus will make us whole, Father God, yes, in Jesus' God. name. We ask God that you would now seal your new your new converts, God, that yes, who have made God. that pledge, God, that who have made that decree, Father yes, God, God. That, that, that Jesus Christ is their Lord. That what God that 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 you release the Holy Spirit upon in them, Jesus name, to transform them, yes God, and let your holy fire pure purify and destroy Jesus. the taxes of the enemy in Jesus name. Thank you God. Amen. Amen and amen, amen. You've been listening to Delivered Life Ministries, The Call. We want to thank you for spending your time with us, and we look forward to you joining us again. 
Our prayer is that you've chosen to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that you were uplifted, encouraged, empowered, and set free by the power of God. You can find us on the internet at DeliveredLifeMinistries.com. We are also on Facebook at DLMINCMD and on Twitter at Delivered underscore Life. Take away